Underpowered Hour. On this week's show, we're joined by very special guest Linus to talk about he and Ike's travels through Death Valley, deep holes, abandoned cabins, and Linus's favorite Land Rover movie of the week. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Stephen Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about my cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or check us out on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the compass and paper map to Stephen's in-control brand dash navigation. I'm the wrong turn of podcasting. Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, we are joined by one of our favorite uh, guests and uh, and a member of the uh, Pangolin uh, community, uh, if you will, <laughs> uh, Linus. Linus, when we last left you, uh, your uh, Model T was broken down. Uh, yeah, it was somewhere. on the side of the road. Yeah, and you guys just drove of off. So for those of you, <laughs> for those of you who uh, haven't listened to the uh, the summer breakdown uh, or the Christmas clip show where we reference the summer breakdown or the probably twenty five episodes where we talk about Linus in his collection of vintage uh, wax canvas tents, uh, Linus. Uh, <laughs> I only I, have. Five. That's <laughs> any more than two is a collection, and uh, any more than one is more than basically anyone else I know has. Um, the uh, you know the summer breakdown is all about Ike and uh, Linus driving some super old gear from uh, here in Los Angeles up uh, north, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Linus's hundred old uh, hundred year old car uh, had a mishap uh, on the way up. So, Linus, what's the status? How is uh, the Model T uh, Roadster? Where well, uh, where are you uh, at with that? I, I, what our thought was at the time was that we had a blown head gasket. And uh, whether that's true or not, I guess we don't really know. We had a lot of water in the oil. And uh, we left the car uh, and then finished our trip. And uh, I was in the process of bringing the car home. And uh, a friend of mine who is in Northern California said, hey, just bring it here and we can work on it here. Uh, he has a great uh, collection of old um Dodge cars and uh, a 12, uh, 11, 1911 or 1912 Buick 12. and uh, 12. Lots of fun. So we dropped it off there, disassembled it. Um, we brought the head up here along with the rocker shafts. Uh, it turned out that, that the head was kind of warped, mm-hmm. uh, kind of actually badly. <laughs> so we had it milled a little, um, uh, new exhaust valves. And uh, we made a repair to uh, the stud that the valve cover mounts to because mm-hmm. it actually goes into the water jacket and it was leaking. And so that potentially, that could have potentially been the whole problem. It was just dumping water out of that sort of uh, wallered out hole into the drains, into the engine where mm-hmm. the push rods come Five out. Five gallons of water. Five gallons is, of water. It's kind of like having <laughs> a uh, having a picture mounted directly through the wall of your home to the outside. So if yeah, you remove or that like, screw, water would pour in through the picture. Or just hole. into a pipe in the yeah. wall. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, that's uh, fine. As long as you don't take that nail out of the wall, everything's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah unless you want to change the picture. But yeah. So uh, let's see. We, we had about $600 worth of work done on the head. The rocker shafts were badly worn, so those were remade, new bushings. Uh, we took that all back down, changed the oil, and uh, we're, we were able to get the car back together and started. Um, my friend who was storing it was kind enough to uh, put a new bushing in the water pump shaft uh, that was worn out. And um, Ike was kind enough to braise up the mounting ear on the radiator inlet snout mm-hmm. that I cracked when we were putting it back together <laughs> you'll have that and uh i can't think of any other issues we had uh i forgot well, we had an one oil we filter. had one issue which was uh, we had initially intended to possibly drive it back finishing right. yes. the yes. mileage on the trip but uh once we got all this work done it decided to like snow a lot yes, it, yeah. yes. and so, so we trailered uh, it home 
we yeah, had to trailer it. The car is back, and uh, incidentally, I the day that we got it back or thereafter, uh, it was quite nice. So I I drove it around the Springfield here and had a great time. It's uh, as far as I can tell, uh, completely fixed. So well, that's great. I'm glad to hear it, Linus. I'm sure the uh, viewers at large, again, Ike's mom, my mom, very concerned as to my mom condition. <laughs> your your mom as well. Yeah. Uh, of and the, maybe uh, the guy I bought the car from. Yeah, maybe he'd like to know. I think but I don't think he knows we exist. Well, you never know. I mean, you never know. We have a niche group of about 13 people that are dedicated to listening to the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we also uh, found a forward control uh, Land Rover, a 101, uh, mm-hmm. in uh, the Sacramento area that hasn't run in a good 15 years. So uh, I think a future project will be to uh, have you meet us with the Model T there, uh, give Ike and I about uh, six hours to get a 15-year mm-hmm. uh, still car running again, and then drive it back to uh the to alternative Oregon. would be the 88 that i need to pick up in um uh yes you need to so uh, for those of you that don't know linus has agreed to be the caretaker of an 88 that belonged to one of our friends who died and left the car to his son but his son is only six seven now i believe seven. Yeah. yeah so he's only seven and so uh, linus is the caretaker of that car until like he reaches years. a driving age and so <laughs> yeah, recently this young man visited the car he's very excited about it but uh we still have some time left to go so that car is in storage with a yet another friend and we we need to pick that up and and possibly but that would make a, a good a good trip that car is probably as close to driving as the 101 is. Oh, perfect. Well, we'll try to so, get them both. We'll first yeah. pick up the 101 to then go get that, uh, that so, engine. So speaking of these kinds of trips where, you know, there's a, there's a car and maybe it's been languishing and uh, we want to get it driving again. And it's, it, it's, you know, the more extraordinary the circumstances in which it is, uh, maybe the better story it makes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple in particular that I, I think uh, are worth mentioning. We uh, recently took a trip to Death Valley, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. before we left the pavement, we fueled up. And at the gas station, this gentleman came up to us and was like, I have a series Land Rover, but uh, <laughs> I kind of don't have a series Land Rover. And I was mm-hmm. like, is it is it Schrodinger's Land Rover? What, what do you mean? And he's like, well... I have this Land Rover, but it's in our family's quarry, okay. and the quarry is filled with 180 feet of water, and the Land Rover mm. is sitting at the bottom. Apparently, they <laughs> forgot to get the Land Rover out of the quarry before it got flooded. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long ago, maybe 30 years ago. Mm. It's and fine. So, <laughs> so, so I was like, let's get it. I obviously, we you know, we, yeah, yeah. we have to dive down there, attach the a little ATF bags to it. in the cylinders and a uh, new battery. It'll start right up. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, we were, we were talking about a little bit before the show. It's like a question of, do you try to lift bag it out? Like parts of the Titanic? Do you try to drag it along the bottom with a cable? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think you, have... I think you, you use the lift bags and then you just gradually add air until it, yeah. it just starts to float. And then it starts to float. Yeah. Yeah. You just, uh, I wasn't there up. when this story took place, but you, uh, you retold it to me and, I, I may be wrong about this, but my favorite part of the story is uh, what you told me is that uh, when you said, let's get it, the guy sort of thought about it for a minute and he said, yeah, <laughs> let's get it. As though it never occurred to him before to go get the thing I don't think it bottom. had. I don't think it had. I was like, let's I mean, just get it. Think, quarry water, that's going to be very clean. Uh, you know, the body is mostly the chassis, the engine maybe, but the body, I mean, likely it's still there in. I'm convinced you know, that it's it's totally drivable. We just need to totally get it out of the water. It, it might be in like a high spot where there's air trapped. You never know. It could be. It it's might not even be wet. Of- Oh so, my god! So the other one that I want to go get is uh, there's a couple of uh, series two A one hundred nines and the Scott base in Antarctica, mm-hmm. supposedly, mm-hmm. and I want to confirm that they're there. Go there, fix them, drive them across Antarctica as you would, and as then, you do. Yeah, yeah. let's let's. Are go they get just those. regular uh, ones with tires? No, they they never came with tires. I mean, no. as opposed to tracks. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, they're just standard <laughs> Landovers. Hmm. Yeah. We should. Yeah. We could put tracks if we had some. Oh yeah, we'll go to Antarctica, put tracks on those Land Rovers, yeah, and head to the South Pole. 
I think it sounds like a, sounds like a fun afternoon to me. Speaking of a fun afternoon, the uh, the reason for uh, Linus's visit, not just uh, to uh, to wish him well, is uh, recovery from uh, partial uh, eating injuries, um, is uh, the recent trip uh, that you guys uh, took to uh, Death Valley, heavily documented on uh, both of your uh, Instagrams uh, mm-hmm. and a little bit on ours as well, but. Uh, what uh, what inspired you guys to spend your uh, holiday uh, out in Death Valley? Uh, that's a really long answer. I'll try to make it short, I guess, from my point of view. Uh, my dad used to go to Death Valley when he was younger. I think uh, he was taken there uh, on like a geologic trip in high school, incidentally with a family friend who's still alive, who's turning 94 next month. You said this was going to be a short story. We'll be going to Death Valley <laughs> for his 94th birthday. But my dad uh, took me and my cousin, my dad and my uncle took my cousin and my, myself mm-hmm. to Death Valley in 1991. Mm-hmm. And uh, I grew up going to the desert and I returned to Death Valley in 2004 three uh for the first time as an adult oh wow and then i have been returning ever since mm-hmm. and um generally i go in the winter time because i can save up my days off mm-hmm. and combine them with christmas new year's and get a, a solid block of two weeks yeah um and that's traditionally why i have gone to the desert at that time and in 2009 i started inviting other land rover people to go with me and i think i can jenna joined me for the first time in 2013. Does that sound right, Ike? Oh my gosh. It, it, He's yeah, not it listening. Right. No, <laughs> no, I, I'm just trying to forget. No, actually. Yeah, it was uh, the worst trip ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been in therapy so much to just forget all those trips. No, uh, it, it, you know, it's just an amazing place. And there's yeah. uh, the diversity of terrain and mm-hmm. uh, climate is uh, just really apparent. It's so big. But at the same time, you you get to see so much in such a small area. You can see, you know, uh, obviously the desert and then uh, various types of, of temperate forest. And, uh, you know, as you go up and down in elevation, you have, you know, snow, you have uh, warm weather, you know, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. have uh, dust storms, sandstorms. You can feel like you're in the Sahara, a jungle, uh, you know, a forest, you know, all in the space of a day. Death Valley has a lot of water in it for a desert and uh you can find grottos of ferns and waterfalls and they're not that difficult to get to you know there's a short climb a short walk there's massive uh structures out there stamp mills huge stamp mills wonderful ruins of of cabins and machines and I've been there a lot of times, and Ike's been there many times, and still we learn about more things right where we've been that we haven't seen every time. Well, what uh, what were some of the remarkable uh, things? I mean, I know a few of, uh, of the uh, the texts that I get along the way. I get to enjoy these trips uh, vicariously uh, via text message uh, most of the time, as my schedule doesn't allow uh, much uh, travel these days. But uh, but certainly some interesting uh, things. Uh, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk sort of in chronological order. What's the what's the sort of the first remarkable thing that you guys came across? Uh, probably my broken leaf spray. Oh yeah, like day, like <laughs> that day was two, pretty right? remarkable. Like we're almost right away. That was with pro- I don't. It was on the first trail that we did that it broke. There's, there's usually some carnage on these trips. The roads are are very old and uh, mostly not maintained, and so they're hard on the vehicles. And um, we always have some sort of you know thing that we have to something. S- Something yeah. happened. We've been pretty lucky. And you guys were driving mostly two A's and twos, yes? Yes. We had a, a 60, a 66, and a 65, nice. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all 109s, long wheelbases, mm-hmm. two wagons, and a three-door. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they were all equipped with winches and uh, various 
accoutrements to mm-hmm. make them more suitable for the journey. Yeah, max but, tracks. Just a just one was just so full of max tracks. tracks. <laughs> yeah, just full of just a lot of the minis. You know the just mini the, max the tracks. The scale ones for a, like a little RC rock crawler. Yeah, though, we just have a bunch of those, and when you we know. get stuck, we just scatter them on the ground, <laughs> and it's great. Yeah. It's like gravel. You just sort of yeah. You could just pour them into the rut that your tires yeah, stuck perfect. in. Perfect. You just they come in a bucket. You just dump mm-hmm. them in there. Tiny little max tracks. Mm. I have been. Oh, fortunate. you guys. What? What if we bring concrete mix and we pour that into the mud when we get stuck? <laughs> and just wait. And just, just wait. wait. <laughs> and then pretty soon you have a driveway. Yeah. I, uh, I have had pretty good luck with in terms of tires in Death Valley. I've, mm-hmm. I've never really had a tire failure there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always uh, been relatively fortunate. But this time, oh. this time I was like, I'm replacing all the tires. So I, I'm guaranteed to not have my, <laughs> my old tires had a little bit of wear on them. Yeah. And uh, they'd seen some some rocky trails we had, had some blowout on the highway on our last trip on those well that tires. was yeah that was in baja mm-hmm. so i was like these tires are getting a little older they've seen a lot of trails i'm going to replace them all so i i put all brand new tires on the truck mm-hmm. and not 10 miles into our trip the <laughs> very first trail we we did a rocky trail and uh up up to the top we started getting into the snow and the snow on the rocks there was some tire slippages yep. and, and somewhere I hit a sharp rock and it just tore the sidewall. We got to the top and Jenna was like, I think I hear something yeah. whistling. Yeah. It was uh, really a shame. It was brand new tire. It was, so did you, it was uh, 40 did you change minutes out or in, did you just put in 900 plugs? I put in a, a big pile of plugs. Yeah. yeah. And so I was just, I, I didn't want to. It's still there. It's, it's still, still there. We did the whole trip forever. I mean, we did the whole trip like that. I definitely have a tire downstairs that we use to like show people how to plug and sidewall patch and stuff. That has like I don't know. It's mostly made of plugs now. I don't know how much original (laughs) tire there is, and that thing still has air in it. I guarantee you, if I go down there right now, there's still air in it. Do you suppose that it holds less air now than it once did? Well, yeah, because it it is more plugs (laughs) than it is. There's so much plug inside of it now that uh, yeah, it is. Why don't uh, they just make tires out of Plugs. Why don't they just make the whole plane out of the black box material? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, I'm glad that despite your mechanical issues right out of the gate, uh, that you still you still uh, uh, persevered. The, and, and the leaf on. spring was a fun ordeal. So, where did, did you bring another leaf spring with you? No, we didn't. We actually, um, and I don't know how many of our Did listeners you conjure a leaf spring out we of have, sticks and things you found in the area we have the the world's most preeminent land rover ship parts shipping manager here at pangolin 4x4 mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. has studied from like a guru on a mountaintop yeah uh-huh. and he is so good that we didn't even have to call him he just knew yeah. He just knew yeah. that we needed it, and yeah. he, it was he, already out and laying next to his workstation. It's amazing he was on the yeah. ground. Wow! He just bent down and lifted it up yeah. and handed it to the UPS man. That and so, incredible. so Jason, yeah, he he shipped it overnight to us, and it was it was there in like three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is amazing. I like guessing what parts from Jason are because he will box them in such a way that they are like perfectly formed to the part. Like you can tell like, oh, this is a steering box because this box is in the shape of a steering box. Like it was, it's origamied in such a way that it's, it's really an art form. I mean, it's a talent. he's, he's good. A, he's a, he's he's a good. true talent. Yeah. yeah. But it, it really did show up in less than 24 hours wow. from Eugene all the way to Bishop. Wow, and uh, we were able to convince a local sort of ATV store to let us ship it there, and mm. uh, we picked it up the next day. Mm-hmm. And um, the leaf it was spring, delivered to you by a, a tribe of three side by sides. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> no, we just picked it up at their store there yeah. in Bishop, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. the the leaf spring has eleven leaves in it, mm-hmm. and only one was broken. Unfortunately, it was the main leaf, ah, the most but it, the truck one. was still <laughs> the truck was still drivable, right, right? And we ended up driving it all the way out into Death Valley to a place that we like to go, and uh, we changed the leaf spring out there where it was because it was surprisingly the weather in Bishop was very bad. Mm-hmm. It was just dumping rain and um, obviously didn't want to change the leaf spring there. So we no. took it into Death Valley and we waited a day or so and the weather was clear and it was quite nice. And we uh, set up a bunch of chairs and drink. Some people drink beers mm-hmm. while some people 
laboriously change the leaf spring. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, there's not that much entertainment in the desert, so you know, you take what you can get, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. we learned what what something that we should have noticed beforehand that the leaf springs at least the front two are pretty badly worn on that mm -hmm. truck. Mm -hmm. So the other side is in need of replacement as well. Well, one of the cool things about taking this trip and taking one of the cars in particular that we took was that, you know, this is a car uh, that had been on a, you know, f uh, a factory sponsored expedition mm. in 1960. Mm -hmm. And it had done a drive from Tierra del Fuego to Alaska. Cool. And, uh, you know, it had done some shorter trips and some camping and that sort of thing. But uh, we hadn't really had it out on a, on a bigger expedition until this one. So it was uh, really cool to see that one back out on the trail doing some uh, more rugged roads and remote places. I, I just have a, you know, I have my own Land Rover, obviously, but there's something about the Cambridge truck that I think speaks to all true Land Rover lovers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, that thing had been at Pangolin for some time, and it's not being ignored. It, it always will start, but it it does have a tendency to sit around sometimes, and mm -hmm. uh, it needed it needed a trip, you know. Yeah. And uh, my Land Rover doesn't have a spare fuel tank, and it has uh, semi-floating axles in the back. It doesn't have a winch. Cambridge mm -hmm. has enough space for your girlfriend enough yeah. space to hold the dog <laughs> and the girlfriend yeah, yeah. and uh it has a salisbury in it it's got a winch it's got two fuel tanks no less than five waxed canvas tents yeah it held all of mm -hmm. the tents yeah um some yeah. strapped to the exterior sure uh but it did hold them all <laughs> yeah and um it just needed to go that truck yeah. needed to go and it needs to go on more trips it did surprisingly it did wonderfully really the leaf well. spring broke uh, the ignition switch broke, um, and it has a slight exhaust leak. But mm -hmm. really, it, it two small it fires very and well. unfortunately, a, a you know a, a family of rattlesnakes have uh, taken. Yeah. But other than uh, that, I only fine. burned both of my butt cheeks. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> that was going to happen regardless. That was on <laughs> purpose. That, that was, was on, on, a, on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, this this truck, uh, you know, no lockers, no traction differentials, old uh, Goodyear G90s, which are mm -hmm. kind of cool tires. Yeah, um, it just no overdrive, over, no overdrive. Mm -hmm. It just crawled up all the hills, all mm -hmm. the nasty, gnarly trails. And uh, you know, one of the other fellows that came with us, he's got a a 109 with like two lockers and overdrive and all these extra optional equipments and new, brand new, fresh tires and you know uh, all this expedition gear and uh that that truck just kept up with him just fine did, did mm -hmm. everything yeah. yeah you know that's something we were talking about before the the show started is what makes one land rover that's nearly identical to another behave so much differently mm -hmm. you know and uh i think an example of that is uh our eastern oregon trip that we did in 2019 where uh ike you had the doormobile with mm -hmm. the uh bf goodrich mud terrains on it and I had the, my previous 109 Series 1 pickup with uh, those Yokohamas on it. Mm -hmm. And the Yokohamas are, are decent tires, but I couldn't even begin to keep up with the Dormobile in the snow. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, Ike has, a, has a, a true track in the front and an open mm -hmm. diff in the back. And I had an ARB airlocker in the back. Mm -hmm. And he, I couldn't, I couldn't keep up at all. Mm -hmm. I couldn't mm -hmm. keep up at all. And I suppose the doormobile is heavier, maybe than a yeah. pickup. Uh, but tires. After that yeah. trip, I got rid of those tires and went yep. to the BF Goodrich mud terrains. Yeah, yeah. I use a I use a, a company called Treadright that has essentially a clone of those mm -hmm. uh, of those Just, BF Goodrich. Uh, do they make them in seven fifty sixteen? Uh, they do, which is why, uh, which is why I get uh, well uh, two thirty five eighty five R sixteen, which is very very close, close enough for the Defender. I don't mm. run them on the series cars though, close but enough. close enough on uh. the Defender. Certainly, <laughs> certainly fine on the Defender, and because we run through tires, because everything down here is made of sandpaper, so we run through tires it's true. Really quickly it's true. <laughs> here. So, uh, so, so yeah, let's see. Through. That was our that we broke a leaf spring before we even got into Death Valley. Yeah, just just get that out of the way, right out of the way. And and then we decided to to take the leaf spring and repair it 
in Death Valley. And right. so we decided to go in. It was it was pouring rain into Bishop. We didn't want to replace it in the rain. So we decided we were going to go into the valley that afternoon. And uh, afternoon turned into evening and rain turned into snow. And uh, as we were traveling um, in through uh, in through the pass there, we um, encountered blizzard conditions i would say pretty blizzardy yeah and uh we had a a, a land cruiser with us mm. like uh mm-hmm. what is that a hundred series land cruiser with us he did have essentially street tires mm-hmm. but all seasons uh, all season yeah. tires yes um but but apparently winter is not one of those seasons it's not one of the seasons, one of those no. seasons. No, no, no. yeah it's not one of those seasons it's just fall twice is what it's uh, yeah here we are driving Cambridge with two open diffs and old tires. Yeah. I didn't even slip. I didn't slip. I just drove over the pass. Snow's getting deeper. It's probably I think 20 it was, inches at the top. Yeah, 18 snow. or 20 inches deep up there. Yeah. And there had been cars through previously, so it, it wasn't like we were driving through fresh snow. But Well, the was snow deep. was coming down. It was snowing inches. And it was, it was snowing heavily. Uh, I think it probably added five inches while we were trying to cross over. Uh, but that Land Cruiser couldn't couldn't hack it. Hmm. Yeah, the Land Cruiser got stuck. The Land Cruiser is the last car in the line. He's in front of the doormobile. And uh, Land Cruiser radios me and says, I'm, I'm stuck. You know, his headlights are getting dimmer off in the distance. And he's like, I'm stuck. So I, I back up, pull him out. And then he drives a little bit further, radios me again. I'm stuck. We need to put the chains on. So we put the chains on. He's got uh, cable chains. We yep. put the chains on his tires. We're like, oh, that's going to be it. No problem. Slanders are doing well. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes like 100 feet and he <laughs> radios me again. I'm stuck. So he's got Hopelessly. chains, traction control, <laughs> you know, and a Land Cruiser, four-wheel yeah. drive, which yeah. is not a not a terrible vehicle. Yeah. And the Landovers are just tr- driving anywhere, everywhere, no mm-hmm. problems. And this guy's completely stuck, and we have on to essentially hundred-year-old technology. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm driving a truck that's sixty years old. Yeah. Um. You know, it's loaded down with all kinds of camping gear. It has mm-hmm. fifty horsepower. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, here I am towing this like car that's thirty years newer at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I realized that I also have my parking brake on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, towing Thankfully, him in a series car, path. the parking brake is more of a suggestion than like a hard rule. It's uh, really, yeah. yeah, but it was. It's there to let it roll down a hill just a little bit slower than it would but without. But the, the old cars did great. There was plenty of people in newer cars that were really concerned, and we had no concerns about the yeah. passes. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, what are some of the uh, what are some of the stuff that you saw besides uh, stuck Land Cruisers and broken uh, leaf springs? Burrows, lots of burrows. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Linus is uh, inexplicably attracted to uh, the burrows. <laughs> I don't well, know. They they look so much like you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I can't. I can't tell if you're driving or a burrow's driving. Yeah, they just use <laughs> them there. They're so calm-tempered and uh, even keeled. You know, yeah, that's great. And their beards are gray. That's true. Well, we yeah. had we had read quite a bit about the Park Service rounding up a lot of the burrows and hauling oh, really? them off. Mm. And uh, I was I was concerned that that was going to like uh, you know they were basically going to remove all the burrows. They're not indigenous, but they've mm-hmm. obviously miners took them there in yeah. the late 1800s, kinda, and yeah. so they've been there ever since. Or the Spanish might have even brought them there. Could be. Yeah. And so they've been there all this time and they're not indigenous. So the park service is like, eh, it's suddenly, not indigenous. Get rid of it. Yeah. There What's are that? problems. Mm-hmm. Suddenly yeah, there are problems. Problem. Yeah. Suddenly there are problems after, problem after being years. there for hundreds of years. And yeah. so uh yeah, I was like, oh, that's a that's a really characteristic thing about yeah. that particular area. And I was concerned that there weren't gonna be any burrows. But right. we did see quite a few burrows. Well, as you know, they are deadly, uh, they are deadly because of their venom and speed. Uh, <laughs> so you yes. need to be careful. Yeah. Very aggressive animals. Animals. Yeah, super very aggressive, uh, very fast moving, and uh, mm-hmm. and they all carry knives, which is something that not a lot of if people. If they don't bite you to death, they will definitely turd you to death. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. buried <laughs> under just a mountain of burrow turds. Yeah, 
So, you know, we saw uh, an amazing variety of, of climate just in that one day, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once we got over the pass, down into the valley, you know, warmed up by 50 degrees at least. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, wow. you're, you're uh, hanging out near the hot springs and it's just very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Very comfortable mm-hmm. weather. Just you and some nude Swedish dudes in the hot spring. And uh, there it sounds was, like a great time. There was, a, there was a couple of those. Yeah. 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 You can't avoid that. We're going to take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. And now back to the show. So uh, the area that we went to is one that we've gone to multiple times previously mm-hmm. and um, have explored, I don't want to say extensively, but we've tried to see everything there that we've heard about that mm-hmm. might be interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, even now, after having been going there for more than 10 years, we learned about a couple of new things that we hadn't seen before. Mm. And one of them uh, was right next to the road that we've driven many times. Mm. Uh, and it was just a, a wash with a, a junk pile in it that we'd never seen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since we drive junk piles, yeah. other <laughs> junk piles are attractive to That's, us. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Covered we, in uh, donkeys and uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah. full of junk like, and uh, it's yeah. irresistible. <laughs> just, just infested with donkeys. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so well, these, uh, these areas that we visit are so remote and, uh, you know, rugged. And then you, you get to some of these places and then there's like, a car from the forties and yeah. you're like, somebody must've drove it there. You know, how did yeah. they get it there? It's like a, a Buick straight eight sedan from 1948. Yeah. You know, how do you get that out there? Mm. It's well, you get it out there, but you can never get it back. I guess well, that's the, the moral of that story. Yeah. So we found a great junk pile and we oh. uh, raided it heavily mm-hmm. for, <laughs> for nuts and bolts and goodies Beef springs and things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a beautiful tailgate there that we all wanted. But mm-hmm. what are you going to do with a tailgate stuck in the back of your Land Rover for two weeks? Who amongst us hasn't asked that question? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think the best thing that we learned about was a, a cabot that we hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. And um, it turned out to be probably one of the more vigorous, uh, difficult hikes that I've ever done mm. to get there. So you there. parked the cars and we hiked parked to the, the cars yep. and hiked to the cabins. And mm-hmm. it wasn't a great distance in a straight line, mm-hmm. I think 2.4 miles, mm. but it was, you know, 10,000 feet down into a ravine <laughs> and then 14,000 feet up the other side. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was this mine that was probably in operation in the twenties or thirties. Mm-hmm. And we had been to this mine. I, we hadn't seen a few of the adits and so forth. The adits are the the horizontal ton- tunnels. Mines mm-hmm. are the vertical tunnels. Shafts, in case you're not shafts, shafts. are vertical. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't so, want to fall down the shaft. No, you don't. No. Um, so we had been to this mine before, and there's there's quite a few uh, you know pieces of mining machinery and old car pieces and interesting things to look at. And we, we had seen that, and we had traveled on beyond. And uh, there was a cableway above mm-hmm. the mine, and we had been to that, and and it, it's impressive because it just it spans a canyon that's like several miles long, and uh, you know you can you can thwack the cable with an iron bar, mm-hmm. and the the noise will propagate across the cable. Sounds and then like you hear it. the Death Star. Yeah, yeah you hear yeah. it uh, dissipate into the distance, and then if you listen, you keep listening, you'll hear it come back from the other side. Do you suppose that's like a one-inch cable? Yeah, I would say it's probably a, a one or one-and-a-half-inch cable, yeah. And that thing, it is taut. Hmm. Like, it is just spring-loaded. and but Still. So still. one day, that's going to break at the top and cut Boom. apart. 
three yeah. or four and, people standing at the And you side. can see where it's been worrying on the rocks over, you know, the decades or hundred years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just carved a groove in the in the rock like several yeah. inches deep. It's pretty wow. interesting. Yeah, because just, it's it's anchored, you know, like a uh, hundred yards behind where we where we stopped on right. our walk to the end of where the road is. And uh, but it 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 passes over and next to uh, some stones that are sort of in the side of the hill. Mm-hmm. And so it's just been rubbing on those for mm-hmm. decades and decades. And it's you can see where it's shifted. It wore a groove here. And then at some point, a storm blew the cable or uh, it shifted and it moved. <laughs> An earthquake moved the mountains <laughs> the, that the it's mountains attached around. to. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> it got out of plumb. Wow. Apparently, we learned that there is actually something interesting on the other end. But if you look, it just goes off into the distance. Into Literally, the goes, it goes up into the clouds. We this cable. E- you can't even see where it goes. Binoculars, it's a doorway into Narnia. Yeah. With binoculars, you can see it sort of go into a canyon mm-hmm. in the side of the mountain, but we have no idea what's over there. So we learned that there was, in fact, a cabin there, and we decided to undertake this. And it ended up, it only took us five and a half hours, I think, there and back. It was it was a rigorous hike, but it was about five and a half hours, and we we didn't quite know where? the best route or where we were going. I think if we had to undertake it again, we could do it a lot faster and better mm-hmm. and easier and let mm-hmm. and more more safely. Mm-hmm. The yeah. the descent into the canyon because you have to descend like a thousand feet or something, and then go back mm-hmm. up like thirteen hundred feet to get up the other side, and it's all loose. You know, there's no trail rock. at all. No, trail and so you at can't all. like climb down uh, in a row of people because you'll just kick rocks down onto no, the right, person yeah. below you. So you have to kind of traverse it, uh, the slope, and it's just super steep, super loose, really unpleasant uh, to hike. And you descend down into this ravine in this canyon, and then ascend similar uh, up the mm-hmm. other side. And then we got to the snow line, and all that loose rocky stuff is covered in snow. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, then you're in the clouds. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, you're at the cloud line. And so you're yeah. hiking around and it's like misty and uh, cold. It was hard. Yeah. We couldn't see where we had come from. It was wow. so, so thick. Wow. And uh, we did find the cabin. First of all, the, the cable terminus on the far end was very unremarkable. Hmm. Uh, the cable just goes into the dirt. Oh. And, uh, I imagine that it's tied uh, extensively around some kind of rocks that are there. Right, underground. But it's just in the dirt, and it's just rusting there. Hmm. And uh, There was a it, lot of debris, like mining debris. There was like mm-hmm. old wheelbarrows and cans and uh, mm-hmm. uh, pulley blocks. We found some mm-hmm. pulley blocks on the mm-hmm. uh, and tramway. And ziplined back down uh, to but avoid I, the hike back I, down. I didn't see an actual mine hmm. over there. You know? There's got to so, be something. There's got to be, but... If you go to the south of the cable terminus, there's mm-hmm. a rough trail. It goes out around the face of the mountain, around the back, and up the back side. And there, up there at the top in the trees, was the cabin. And oh. it was really great. And it was really great. Mm. And cabin full, was really cool. It was full of donkeys. <laughs> 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 they all just sort of looked at you when you came in, like they were like they were planning something before you got there, and you interrupted them. The uh, the, the cabin was really cool, and uh, it's a it's a tin cabin with a wood floor, mm. and uh, it's it's fairly well provisioned for how remote it is. You know, mm-hmm. people had visited and left dry goods and canned goods, and uh, you know some sleeping bags tied to the rafters so that vermin couldn't get in them. And there was a cot and a wood stove and mm-hmm. wood, mm. uh, nice wood cut. stove. Yeah, yeah, really nice wood stove and, and a, a lot of really great relics: a cast mm. iron, a cooking pots, and uh, s- uh, shovels, and uh, a big pile of um, burrow shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was like uh, axes and saws mm. and these sorts of things that you mm. might need to uh, sustain yourself for a few days. And then there was there was fun little things that people had left, like there were first aid kits over the decades. And one of the things in there was, oh, this, was beautiful. this bottle <laughs> that had a handwritten label. And the label said, uh, toothache remedy, 
apply with cute or cotton swab mm-hmm. and it tastes like shit, but it works. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And after all sampling it, did you then realize it was just ayahuasca? No, it was <laughs> shit. It was a great event. It was just shit. Yeah, yeah. Ike left it there. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I left it there. <laughs> no, it, it was uh, it was really a, a, a look back in time. There was some sealed containers with uh, various provisions, and then one of the sealed containers had the logbook for the cabin. Oh, cool. And, and we checked the logbook, and the last entry in the logbook was 2012, so 10 years ago. And those people had uh, never been seen uh, uh, sense actually. probably not yeah, yeah they're still there and there was something else that was great there uh the graffiti on the walls was mm. pretty good i think the earliest example that we saw was from 1955 oh wow that's pretty that's pretty great it was a tupac uh it was a tupac uh, logo though that's uh, even from 1955 <laughs> very uh very popular even back then very cool. So then what was the uh, – so the the text message that I got, which Cooper, my daughter, is uh, thrilled to continue to watch, is uh, you guys found a, a big hole and decided to uh, throw a rock into it. Um, you have to. And you'd, you'd expect what that rock do do? to uh, – you know, to hit the bottom. Uh, but the novel thing is, and maybe we'll post this up on the Instagram, is uh, I think that rock is still falling out there somewhere. It's uh, it's a deep hole. It's true. It's true. Yeah, this uh, – if you've ever seen the Lord of the Rings film where uh, uh, Pippin knocks the bucket into the well and it just falls – and falls and falls and falls. It's very reminiscent of that. There's this, there's this mine, it's true. and uh, it, it's a it's a shaft, and it goes down mm-hmm. into the hill. Mm-hmm. And, and at some point, they've built a building, kind of over the the shaft, and the building sure. is is deteriorating, and the bathroom is is <laughs> is right over the shaft, and the whole yeah. building is sagging as if it's going to fall into the shaft. But there's you know three quarters of it that is open. And uh, you can tell that it's just a, a massive, massive hole down in the ground. And you're like, how big is it? Well, my light doesn't go to the bottom, so right. how are we going to find out? Yeah. You're going to toss a small rock in there, and then you you don't hear it, and you're like, maybe we should toss a bigger rock in so we can hear it better. And, uh, then, and then the rocks just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really is remarkable. I mean, that is, uh, I'm no joke. Like, I don't think I heard it hit the bottom in the, you know, two and a half minute long video. There's just one giant boulder wedged in the opening. (laughs) We kind of timed it and talked to some people that were familiar with the area. And, uh, you know, they they estimated between four and 500 feet deep, this this hole. And so you can just imagine like a 10 foot diameter hole that's 500 feet deep. It's kind of scary. Like, it'll just swallow you up you'll never get out of there there's never like you don't don't have a piece of rope big enough to reach the bottom like no no yeah that's it you're gonna die in there which apparently somebody died in there Uh, well well they they don't know if they died in there but we don't know this, but there's there. there's yeah. the local legend that says that there is a there is a body at the bottom, but we didn't know that uh, at the time. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, suppose the time you were is. crushing those remains with big rocks. Shh. <laughs> yeah, whoops! <laughs> it was an accident. It was only one rock. It was only one guy. That guy was just about to get out, and then <laughs> oh, darn it! After all these years, he'd finally figured out a way. Only to be crushed by a it's rock. A, it's kind of a neat place. That that uh, that spot has some buildings as well. Mm-hmm. And it's actually pretty pretty clear, close to the cabin that we found. Um, but um, I, it has a gate across the entryway, mm-hmm. a pretty substantial gate. And it's kind of a neat story about what happened to that gate. <laughs> I think we were, <laughs> we were talking about that too. And it's a bunch of these really large pipes, I'd say four to six inch diameter. Wow. And uh, like what did we say, 20 of them across the road, and they're vertically mounted in this channel that's got to be, I don't know, a foot a foot wide and 10 inches deep. And they all slide into this channel, and then there's like a chrome-plated rod. It must be a hydraulic ram mm-hmm. rod off of some kind of hydraulic cylinder. And that slid in through the bottom and locked, and it holds them all in place. And uh, the legend, again, has it as we discussed earlier, that um, 
the road was a public road, but mm -hmm. the guy operating the mine decided to gate it. Mm -hmm. And some other person that was uh, familiar with the area and enjoyed going on that road mm -hmm. decided to torch that gate. So he, <laughs> he came along with his uh, torch and cut a path through the gate and threw all of the pipes into the ravine nearby, and they're all still laid down there. <laughs> and he cut it the exact width, the of, exact his width of his vehicle, <laughs> which is a special small vehicle. It's uh, not a Land Rover. I see. I see. <laughs> and uh, I guess the continuance of that legend is that the mine operator was so unhappy that he sort of gave up mining threw and all threw all of his equipment down that hole. Mm. On top of the body. On top of the body. <laughs> <laughs> so if well, you yeah. ever want to yeah. go down a hole and look for a body, that's the one. A little spelunking uh, to, to body retrieve. Uh, you know, there's also some old mining shit down there. And um, a few rocks. For sure. At the very least, there's, there's at least one, or, one, at least one big rock down there. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's relatively safe because it is partially covered with some rusty old expanded metal. So I'm sure, you know, no, yeah. no problem. As at long all. as Someone, nobody throws a rock down while you're down there, you'll be. Okay. Yeah, you'll be all right. You'll be you'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. So if you're going to go, make sure you bring at least 500 feet of cable. Um, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to attempt an entry into the, uh, into the big giant hole. Well, that's cool. What else was, uh, what else was, uh, remarkable as the, uh, as a little wrap up for the, the whole trip? What was your, what was your guys' favorite thing? What was the favorite thing you saw while you were out there besides all the donkeys? Well, definitely that cabin that we found, um, you know, looking for stuff in the desert is really great and you usually find something, but to find something so well preserved is really rare. Mm -hmm. uh, people love souvenirs. They love to take things. They love to shoot things. They love to tear things down and mm -hmm. deface them and vandalize, mm -hmm. you know, any, any cabin that is accessible by the general public in a bro dozer or a cheap thing yeah. is going to be damaged. Yeah. Uh, people love to blow stuff up. They bring dynamite, they bring M80s, they bring big guns. Mm -hmm. Everything in the desert gets trashed. Mm -hmm. And this was a really special, rare example of something that's almost untouched. And um, that's super cool. You know, that was definitely the highlight for me. Uh, and you guys blew it up on the way out, yeah? Yes. Yeah. So you'll never see it. Yeah. <laughs> we actually packed out everything that was cool there with us. So mm -hmm. it's empty yeah, now. It's just emptied it out <laughs> and threw it down the hole, coincidentally, in spite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would add that, uh, you know, something to that. We visited another cabin, which is not too far away. And that cabin had a, a container in it. And in that container, it had a lot of documents about... Mm you know, that people had written about that space, you know, claim documents, these sorts of things, and uh, people that had visited and left notes about it. And, you know, I visited here for a couple of days, I swept, I fixed the roof, I did this, I did that. And that particular one had fallen into pretty significant disrepair. And one of the entries that I read was kind of sad. It was like, this place is so special, you know, uh, it, it, it continues to get to deteriorate and people don't keep it up or don't clean it and it fall it's falling apart and people are taking things and and that sort of thing um in one place we visited they had actually taken the wood stove out of the cabin which a is big, you know big, big beautiful big wood stove yeah it's a big deal so that that's depressing and and to see this cabin and i would say the the final cabin that we visited uh in in such good repair was uh definitely um heartwarming you know to see that people are are being more respectful and taking care of these places that are so neat and have lasted so long yeah i mean you have to look after that stuff so that uh you know future linuses can uh, can go and be inspired <laughs> no, to no, uh, those the, collect the, no. weird old things <laughs> you know you know it's so, important I guess uh, we didn't have a lot of Land Rover content in this episode necessarily. Well, Linus, but, that's uh, a hallmark of a Linus episode. But uh, one thing, uh, 
things. One thing that we uh, <laughs> that we did uh, that we did discuss before is is Linus. You actually have uh, a contribution to everybody's second favorite segment, uh, Land Rovers in the movies. Uh, oh a, a yes, Land Rover yes. Film uh, that you are a big fan of. One that Ike and I had never never heard of. Uh, to say the very least, we'd never heard of it. Um, and to the best of our knowledge, it's only available on YouTube, which I I, I think that still counts. I think that still counts. So, Linus, what is uh, this week's uh, Land Rovers in the movies? Uh, these are two 109s uh, mm-hmm. that are in the movie Dog Soldiers from 2002. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw this movie probably nearly when it came out. And I've only seen it one time. And I I recall that it had a Land Rover. Mm-hmm. And I recall a, only one scene mm-hmm. in the whole film, which is uh, when a man is... Uh, hurt by I, this thing's about werewolves. I have okay. there's, there's no yeah. way around it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's uh-huh. just come out with it. Okay. This is a werewolf movie. Yes. So a werewolf attacks a man, and his guts are all hanging out, and he's rolling around on the ground, and he's got his like intestines in his hands, and he yells sausages because his intestines look like sausages, and he's ah. dying. As he's dying. That's that's all I remember about the movie, and uh, I just besides the fact that it had a Land Rover in it. And apparently it has two. I it didn't two. remember that. It has two uh, yeah. Land Rovers in it. So According Dog to Soldiers the Internet Movie Car Database, uh, it does say there's a yeah. Series 3 109 and a Series 2 uh, 109, both yeah, in the I'm, I'm looking at it now, and it looks like uh, I can't. It looks like it might have a homemade uh, full top on this mm. 109 three-door. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. got a bull bar on it. And it's full of werewolves. And, and it's full apparently of werewolves full of and werewolves. a few donkeys, coincidentally. It's, uh, non- were yeah. donkeys. Let's make up were donkeys. Actually, actually, <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this episode has to be a twofer. There is another film, also a horror movie, called Black Sheep, and it's oh, not yes. the it's yeah. not the one. It's not the one with uh uh, David Spade in it. No. It is a New Zealand film yes. about were sheep, and were I have the poster sheeps. on my office wall. Yep. And it's all these uh, farmers that live in New Zealand, and the the uh, sheep start to ter- start to turn, start to kill, them. and uh, they get in their Land Rover to escape, which is an '88 pickup truck. Yep. And the the movie poster is great. They're all packed into the. Uh, the Land Rover Into the pickup la- yeah. truck, and there's a sheep on the roof, and it's howling at the moon. Yeah. <laughs> it is fantastic. There is some of the best sheep puppetry. Uh, it is. It, it it feels reminiscent of, uh, and I don't know if there's any Land Rovers in it, but one of my favorite films, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which uh, which is a. Uh, it feels very much in the same vein of uh, a bit of a tongue in cheek horror movie. There's I'm a, a lot of there's a lot of Land Rover content in Black Sheep, though. Yeah. It's a great, uh, that's a great movie. I'm a big fan of that show. All right. Well, uh, with that, uh, we have come to the natural conclusion of this episode. Linus, it is uh, a pleasure, as always, to have you on to avoid talking about Land Rovers. Uh, I, it is uh, a good time, uh, as, uh, as always. Uh, if you do happen to find yourself on YouTube uh, looking for the 2002 film uh, Dog Soldiers, maybe head over to our YouTube channel, and uh, you, can, uh, you can go back to those uh, Summer Breakdown episodes and uh, and see what uh, Linus uh, looks like and uh, get a really Don't strong do Don't do it. <laughs> mental picture uh, in your head uh, for that um, and uh, yeah next episode we're gonna we're gonna talk about the uh, three series two A landowners that were uh, campaigned in the classic Dakar rally so yeah uh, that's right so let's uh, yeah looking forward to next episode where yeah if you haven't had a chance to look at uh, the uh, Dakar classic and the Land Rover that's uh, being used Land Rovers that are being used there uh, super cool man they are uh, they're having lots of fun and again we apologize we have unfortunately run out of time uh, to uh, have uh, Ike review uh, Nando's on uh, this episode episode but we will damn uh, absolutely uh, be making uh, time for that in the future so we apologize again to the fine people at nando's sorry i talked so much well, and that is uh, <laughs> how it goes so uh, linus thanks again ike we'll see you next week all right looking forward to it Powered Hour is produced by me, Steve Barris, and Ike Goss. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook. 